0: Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Today for the meditation of the scriptures, let us open the Bible to Psalm 110. Psalm 110 is a highly messianic and a prophetic psalm that is written by David. And both Jesus and Peter affirm that David wrote this psalm. And being a prophet, he clearly wrote it about the Messiah that would come. And this is the psalm that is most frequently quoted in the New Testament. And the verse 1 of this psalm is quoted more than 25 times. And verse 4 is quoted another 5 times. When we look at the content of the psalm we realize that David could not have written these words about himself or any of his descendants or the other kings of Israel but we realize that this was purely prophetic about the messiah that would come this psalm portrays three pictures of the messiah and verses 1 to 3 talk about Jesus being the king and verses 4 talks about Jesus being the priest or the high priest and we see verses 5 to 7 talks about Jesus being the warrior king who will be the victor over all the enemies of God. The first three verses of the psalm goes like this. The psalmist writes, The Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. The Lord sends forth from Zion your mighty scepter. Rule in the midst of your enemies. Your people will offer themselves freely on the day of your power in holy garments. From the womb of the morning, the dew of your youth will be yours. The first verse of this psalm reads like this in Hebrew. Yehovah says to my Adonai. And that is how David opens this psalm. And clearly, David himself is the king and the highest ruler in the kingdom. And the way he says this, it means his Adonai had to be the Lord Jesus himself. It's like Jehovah says to my Lord. In fact, Jesus in New Testament, Matthew chapter 22, he quotes this particular verse to prove how David's Lord could also become David's son. And the answer is by the incarnation. The eternal son of God had to come to earth as a human born into the family of David. And as eternal God, Jesus is the root or the originator of David. And as man, he is the offspring of David. And if the Pharisees had reconciled to this truth, then they would have accepted Jesus as their Lord and they would have confessed that Jesus is indeed the Son of God come in flesh for the salvation of mankind. Verse 1 says, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. And we see that Jesus, when he ascended into heaven, the Father honored him by placing him at his own right hand. And we see that is a concept that is repeatedly mentioned in the New Testament. And Jesus, because he humbled himself to the point of death, he humbled himself to the drastic obedience that was required of him as the Son of God and the Son of Man. Jesus was exalted by God above all. Far above all was his exaltation and his enthronement. In verses 1 to 3 we see three exaltations that is given to the Lord Jesus Christ and he says here he would defeat his enemies in verse 1. Verse 2 he says his rule will be extended, his kingdom will be extended and verse 3 says he will be given a new victorious army. Verse 1 reminds us that Jesus is right now seated at the right hand of the Father and there will come a day when he shall rule over his enemies and every enemy of the Lord, every person who is resisting the Lord Jesus Christ, every nation and people group that is resisting the Lord Jesus Christ will eventually have to submit to his Lordship at that point of time. And verse 2 reminds us that all authority of heaven and earth has been given to the Lord Jesus Jesus himself says in the Great Commission that all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me, and as a result of that, his reign is established here on this earth in pockets. Where the Lord says here in verse 2, rule in the midst of your enemies, meaning in the midst of the various people who are opposed to the kingdom of God, still the kingdom of God is reigning forth supreme, and God reigns forth in the hearts and minds of everyone who has chosen to submit to his lordship. Verse 2 talks about the mighty scepter that is given to the Lord Jesus and that indicates the authority that has been given to him by the Father and he says it's the Lord who is sending forth from Zion your mighty authority with which you will be ruling in the midst of your enemies. Verse 3 says your people will offer themselves freely on the day of your power in holy garments from the womb of the morning the dew of your youth will be yours. This talks about a group of willing volunteers who make up the army of the Lord. And it is quite remarkable because, number one, they are willing volunteers. They are not for pay. Number two, we see that they are dressed in holy garments like priests. And they are a great multitude. Like the dew that falls in the early morning, it cannot be counted. There is a great multitude. And the Lord is giving birth to this vast and holy army. And we understand that this is not an ordinary army. The statement seems to be about the church of God, which is like a great army that is going to follow Jesus in the final battle against the enemies of the Lord. And the fact that they are dressed in holy garments like priests is something that is very strange because normally, naturally, we do not expect priests to be warriors. But the real priests of God, the kingdom of priests that God is building as the church of God is going to be an army. But that army is not going to fight with the weapons of warfare according to the earthly weapons but the weapons of warfare of this army is going to be the spiritual weapons and the army is going to be mighty and strong as we read in Ephesians chapter 6 which describes the spiritual weaponry that every man of God, every woman of God is expected to adorn themselves with. As we are now living in the end time, we do recognize that there is a battle that is being waged. A spiritual battle is being waged and the Lord is adding more and more people to his army that will stand up and fight that spiritual battle. And God expects us to stand as men and fight. Please note that this is not a literal call to arms or a literal call to violence but the Lord wants us to be adorned with the spiritual garments and be Adorned with the spiritual fruits that he is looking for according to the principles that he has laid down in Matthew chapter 5, 6 and 7. Verses 1 to 3 of the psalm talks about the Messiah, Jesus as a king who is exalted. And verses 4 talks about Jesus as a king who is also a priest. This is the central verse of the psalm and it announces that the Messiah is also going to be a priest. But this is not something that is common in the Old Testament history. And this is very important because it is referred to in the book of Hebrews as well because this represents the current high priestly ministry that Jesus Christ is doing in heaven. From a traditional Jewish perspective, Jesus Christ could never have been a priest here because he was from the tribe of Judah and not from the tribe of Levi. But his priesthood is after the order of King Melchizedek who was both a king as well as a priest. And as a result of that, that is the priesthood that Jesus has adopted so that he will be able to continue being the grand intercessor for the Church of God in the present day. He stands at the right hand of God and he intercedes for his church on a daily, minutely basis. And it is because of his intercession that we can have that victorious Christian life today. It is because of his intercession that the accuser of brethren will be cast down and all the accusations of Satan shall fall flat because the Lord is interceding for us today. King Melchizedek that is mentioned in this psalm can be cross-referred from Genesis, the book of Genesis. And we see that similar to Jesus, he was a person of whom there was no record of birth or death in the scriptures. And we see that he was a type of Jesus, being both a king as well as a priest. This word reminds us that Jesus Christ is the son of God. He is the exalted king. He is the high priest forever. And because of that, he deserves our worship and our submission. Both because of the sacrifice of Jesus as well as the intercession of Jesus, we now are able to come before the throne of grace so that we can come anytime we want to find the help that we need, to receive the grace and mercy that we need. In many ways, the first two sections of the psalm from verses 1 till verse 4 talks about the exaltation of Jesus as king as well as his ministry as a priest and both these seem to have occurred more in the past and present rather than in the future. But we see the next part of the psalm verses 5 to 7 talks about the ministry of Jesus Christ as a victor, a king and a priest who is a victor and a conqueror. And the word says, the Lord is at your right hand. He shall shatter kings on the day of his wrath. He will execute judgment among the nations, filling them with corpses. He will shatter chiefs over the wide earth. He will drink from the brook by the way. Therefore, he will lift up his head. And we see here the picture of the day of his wrath and the picture of his execution of judgment among the nations. Both these are referred to more from a future perspective. Today is the day of salvation that we are having today. As we see in Second Corinthians, uh, Corinthians chapter 6 verse 1 and 2, we see that this is the day of salvation. And this is a period of grace that God has given to us where he is calling the sinners to be reconciled with God. But there comes the day of the Lord, a day of wrath when Jesus the Lamb of God will begin to roar as the Lion of the tribe of Judah. And judgment shall appear on all of the earth and every person will be judged according to the justice of our Lord. Today the Lord has graciously given us the opportunity to come to Him and receive His love for He is the Savior who died for us. And that window of opportunity is open for us. But there comes a time when that window of opportunity will be shut and the day of the Lord, the day of His wrath shall be revealed and that is a time when God shall execute His judgment and His justice is going to be seen all through the world and we see that sinners will have to be accountable to God on that day. But before that, when we have that opportunity, let us submit to His Lordship and let us receive that great salvation that He promises to give to us. In verse 6 he says he's going to fill the place with corpses and he shall shatter the chiefs over the wide earth. Meaning even the great rulers of this earth have no insurance against the wrath of God. The wrath of God will be revealed not just against the people who are sinners and who, people who are poor but even the people who are lords and kings who fall short of the glory of God shall be judged on that day. Verse 7 says, He will drink from the brook by the way, and therefore he shall lift up his head. And this probably refers to a ritual that was there in Israel when the king, when he was about to be enthroned, he will go through a rite of empowerment where he will come to a spring and he will drink from that spring and partake in the anointing service. And we see that this very scene is displayed for Jesus Christ who after he executes his judgment, He shall reign over all the realms of the earth and heavens and he shall reign with his head lifted high in triumph and victory. What a mighty God we serve. He is the exalted king. He is the high priest who intercedes for us and he is the one who finally receives that victory. Today as we submit to the truth of this psalm, let us thank God for having encouraged our hearts with the meditation of these scriptures.